Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. It's Rob Case. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, football is back, baby. Oh yes. You can, do, do you guys feel it? I feel it. It's, it's magical. Um, I wish it was October, uh, excuse me, September. So we could, we could really feel like we're here and we can watch like an actual game that has stakes and consequences and meaning. But I'll take the NFL Hall of Fame game where I can get it. Is that fair? That's right. That's right. It's fair. You know, it's it's August fourth as we're recording, which means September is basically tomorrow. I'm getting very excited. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, we're just gonna shoot forward here for you folks. I mean, to, to be honest, at this point, I don't think anybody's thrilled about watching the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Las Vegas Raiders. But uh, look, if we got to take cutaways to, to supposed NFL Hall of Famers, as you know, and in a, in amidst a game that doesn't have a lot of meaning, but it has meaning to me, damn it, it's still real to me. So uh, I don't mean to say the supposed football Hall of Famers. I promised myself I wouldn't talk about the, the Hall of Fame uh, inductees this year, but I'm a little underwhelmed. It's another topic for another day. But football is back. Let's focus on the on the positives here. Is that is that fair? That's fair. Focusing on the That's positives. Fair. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about something that wasn't fair for somebody, and uh, in some people's minds, it wasn't. But honestly, I think it was really fair um, punishment for the tampering that the Miami Dolphins got caught with. <laughs> uh, wow, this really came out of left field. In a week wow. where you get Deshaun Watson talk, which we'll get to second, I just want to talk about this first because we all know what happened with Deshaun Watson. But this no, is first uh, because this, I think this is interest, more interesting this thing in, with in the some Dolphins, ways. Uh, I've, I've heard about it, but you say there was a punishment? There was a punishment, so in case you said you heard about it, let's just tell the story. So the Miami Dolphins were caught tampering, which means they had, in, in, if I can say it right, imper, impermissible. There we go. Impermissible. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a country of origin for that one, but impermissible. Communications <laughs> with quarterback Tom Brady between the seasons, between the years 2019 and 2020, while he was under contract in the England Patriots. And they had in, impermissible communications with head coach, Sean Payton of the New Orleans Saints, um, which uh, resulted in an in investigation. I don't know when it started, but nonetheless, uh, January 2022, excuse me. So uh, Don Yee, the agent for Sean Payton and uh, Tom Brady, reported that they had had these communications. I assume in a, in a way to save face because he's the agent for both of them, and he's kind of a piece of crap if you know Don Yee. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Uh, um, I don't know him personally. I've heard a lot of things about him, and I've read all the New England Patriots dynasty books, and he, he never comes up in good light in any of those. He's always some sort of jockeyer, or it, the agents in general are slimy. But can we say, just say that? Yeah. Honestly? Yeah, I mean, they're just, you've seen Ari Gold <laughs> in uh, the entourage, right? So we, we, know, we know these people aren't great. You know, and that's just a, a, a portrayal of one. So, nonetheless, a investigation was had, and... The Miami Dolphins' first-round pick in 2023 and third-round pick in 2024 were taken from them, and a $1.5 million fine, and Stephen Ross was barred from the team's facility through the middle of October. Now, that doesn't matter. He's a billionaire. He's not going to lose the team or anything, I assume. It's one of the worst ownerships in football, so let's just be honest. So, with all that being said, while I'm laying out all these facts, what do you make of this situation? Because it really came out of nowhere. It really yeah, really did. It, it just uh, dropped. It, it came out of nowhere. It's uh, it's certainly being overshadowed by other NFL stories that we'll get to momentarily. Um, 
you know, uh, I, I don't think the 1.5, I mean, the 1.5 million, it's not chump change. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a real punishment, but it's not, uh, in my opinion, it's not nearly as uh, impactful to the team and the game and the fans as losing those draft picks is. I mean, that's huge. Um, you know, draft picks are, are everything, or at least it feels like that at this point in the year. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the draft pick, that, uh, that's got to sting for the, uh, for the front office, for the, for the team itself, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, not, not good news. Um, the, uh, the, the thing, you know, my, my initial uh, reaction to all this, though, when I hear about this story, like it, it is, you know, it's shady dealings. It, it needs to be, you know, have a light shined on it. It needs to be dealt with. But... You know, fining and punishing the Dolphins for having uh, what was it impermissible dealings with Tom Brady, who plays for Tampa Bay now, and Sean Payton, who does not coach for anyone right now. Uh, it it kind of feels like catching the losing team for cheating. You know, um, it just it's it's just it's like really. I mean, yeah, it, what they did was wrong. What they did was bad. Uh, what they did was not successful, um, you know. So it, it's just kind of funny. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, part uh, it it checks it, it checks out for the Dolphins, right? It tracks, if you will. Um, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's a garbage franchise. It's <laughs> it's what it is. Sorry, they haven't been a garbage franchise. They're a garbage um, franchise, man. They haven't no, been relevant this, this for like twenty five years. This is certainly a black eye on the organization, and uh, and it comes at a time when they've got a little bit of momentum and a whole lot to be optimistic about. Uh, this is uh, kind of a callback to earth uh, for a team that, Look, that made a lot of moves this year to get better. Why why are they not? I mean, they were relevant in the seventies. When Don Shula was there, they had Dan Marino. I mean, I'm sorry. I, look, I'm a Patriots um, apologist, if you will. <laughs> I'm a New England fan. That has nothing to do with me saying they're a garbage franchise. No, no, no. Teams, this, are, teams this... are always rising and falling in the NFL. And uh, as a Patriots fan, I think you're going to feel that. Yeah, okay. Look, we're not, this is an intervention to, to call me out about my biases or the things that may or may not happen, which they probably won't. But look... This is talking about the Miami Dolphins getting their 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 behinds basically caught, you know, red-handed. They and got their behinds paddled. They got spanked. they sure did. <laughs> that's they got they got they got caught with a with, with a paddle, red-handed. That, that's that's a very weird sentence. Anyway, <laughs> this is a team that couldn't even get a stadium. They played at a freaking baseball stadium for like twenty years before they got um what was it what is it called a Hard Rock Cap Hard Rock Cafe. I don't know. It, it's, it's a it's, crap stadium. It's a really square one, right? Yeah, and it's new, and it's still crappy. Like, I, what, what do you want from me? This, <laughs> this owner sucks. He sucks. <laughs> and and it's, <laughs> it starts from the top. This is what happens when franchises are poorly run, and they have crappy owners. They get caught with stuff like this, and you could say, well, the Patriots got caught cheating. Great. Still won six Super Bowls. Kraft is still the guy who brokered the deal to get the NFL out of their only lockout in like 30 years. You know, I don't, I don't know what to say about this. This is, uh, this is part of the course for the Miami Dolphins. 
they 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 talk to Tom Brady when they're not supposed to. They offer him some special ownership thing, some football executive position, possibly a playing time. You know, as much as it says a lot of things about Miami, <laughs> and I don't know how I feel about it on the Tom Brady end. You know, I'm like, part of me is like, wow, this is just Brady doing a kind of some shady crap here. Like, of course he would do this. <laughs> he would try to weasel his way out of Tampa and New England, backdoor it so he can get what he wants, you know, which is like to run an NFL franchise without buying one or something or have some stake in it. <laughs> um, I don't know. See, that thing really rubs me the wrong way with Brady. I, I love Brady. Look, he got his six, six Super Bowls, went to nine. Um, he's a great player. Goat, goat status. I hate that word, but goat. And, but this is weird, weird, you know, it's just another, another way that Tom Brady's beaten the Dolphins and something like he couldn't just (laughs) let it go that he's been, he beat them for 20 years. He also had to mess with their draft picks and (laughs) it's just, I, I, I would be interested. I would be interested to see transcripts of these impermissible dealings. Like, like, it could have been hilarious. Like, they could have reached out to Tom Brady, and he'd be like, are you guys crazy? We're in the same division. Like, this isn't going to work. Uh, or did, it, did they actually, like, entertain the idea somewhat? <laughs> it just says the investigators found tampering violations of unprecedented scope and severity. Whoa, so, like, whoa. the worst they could be. <laughs> Those are <laughs> like, damning words. <laughs> yeah, that's from Commissioner, our our Lord and Savior, Roger Goodell, said in a statement. So, oh, yeah, well, you um, can't take anything I, Roger Goodell says to the bank. <laughs> well, it's, absolutely. I mean, the guy is just, I mean, he's got ethos, you know, credibility for no, being a, no, a very no reasonable one more person. No respected in the sports community yeah. than Roger Goodell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not, hasn't lost his league literally billions of dollars. I and mean, this could be a multi-trillion dollar league, and he just runs it like a, like a dollar tree. So, I know of no prior instance of a team violating the prohibition on tampering with both a head coach and a star player to the potential detriment of other of multiple other clubs over a period of several years. Similarly, I know of no prior instance in which ownership was so, excuse me, directly involved in the violations. I'm, what else do you want to say? I mean, <laughs> the transcripts, like, they'd be fun to read, but obviously, like, they just, like, inexplicably and explicitly went behind doors and tried to conduct some business to get to get a player and to get a coach and to still go 9-7. and seven. So I, I I don't know what to say about this other than it checks out for the Dolphins and um, it makes me kind of leave a weird taste in my mouth when it comes to Tom Brady and Sean Payton. I mean, it's not like they didn't have the conversations, but mostly Tom Brady because – He's the he's the best of all time, and then you got to see. I mean, this is how he conducts himself. It's like oh, Jesus Christ. Yes. Well, you know, I, every every once in a while on this podcast, I'm able to put my bias aside and give a a, a, a well-rounded opinion on on Sean Payton. Uh, but when it comes to something like this, I already have a bad taste in my mouth uh, because of uh, Bounty Gate and all that nonsense. Yeah, uh, which yeah, I obviously you, take a little personally that. as a Vikings as a Vikings fan. Um, I, I know that they were not the only team in the league to have these bounty programs. They were kind of the, the league scapegoat for it. But still, I don't like Sean Payton. And if you bring up Sean Payton and breaking the rules, uh, it's easy to set me off. <laughs> Fair enough. I thought that was more of a Greg Williams thing. But 
nonetheless. Yeah. I, I mean, he's the head coach, so it oh, doesn't yeah. matter. But, yeah, yeah I, I guess it does check out for him. I guess it does check out for Brady. It just, like I said, it weird, leaves a weird taste in my mouth. It, it's... It's it's just odd. Like he's more he's gotten slimy in his old age. He's gotten slimy, man. If you think about it, he, he's gotten a little slimy, and his his credibility's kind of taken a big hit over the last like couple of years. If you, if you think Brady. about it, even if he won the Super Bowl, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like the the fake retirement thing, um, this like uh, just all those all those reports about him and Bruce Arians clashing and him just being like a, a baby about it and then wanting out of Tampa and all this other stuff like I don't know I love Brady I, he's just he's hard to like right now I like, Tom like Brady that. and I, I think his his popularity in the league is at an all time high I mean maybe it might be taking a dip in the Northeast but uh, I think this league loves Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, he makes him a lot of money, that's for sure. He brings a lot of eyes to him, for better or for worse. So, <laughs> it is what it is. Speaking of a guy that brings a lot of eyes to the league, not for good reasons. And oh, look, yeah. To, yeah, to asterisk this, because this is a football podcast, folks, I don't know how to say this other than we're going to do the best we can to report it and then react as fans. So, um, you know, I, I think you all know how... Well, my my view of the league, if you've re- listened to all the episodes, you don't have to really infer what I think. I'm outraged, but I'll leave it at that. Um, so, Deshaun Watson's suspension. Six games. Um, he's going to be back for Baltimore uh, in week seven or eight or something like that. Nonetheless, um, this is the most important detail. Judge L- Sue L. Robinson, uh, which is a arbitrator for... The uh, between the NFL and the CBA um, is the one that brokered the suspension, for lack of a better term. So I, I just want to state that because it wasn't like one of these things where Roger Goodell came up with it as a committee. It was a, literally a judge who looked at the facts and determined that the situation, like the misconduct, wasn't as detrimental or traumatic as the details say. That was that's her words. That's a that's an article. That's what she decided, right? Um, Having a hard time to react to this, Trevor. What what well, was so, your you know, gut I, feeling? I've, I've heard about the, this. I've heard the ruling read. So my initial reaction is it's not enough. Uh, he got yep. off like well, that, that's that's the yes. knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. Um, that's, but yeah, that's uh, obvious. The, the real the real question the the interesting part to me is uh, I've heard the judge's findings read over the radio because uh, I work a day job, folks. Um, but, uh, I mean, it seems to me like, like her findings, her conclusions, whatever you want to call it, uh, her, you know, on-the-record uh, ruling is that, you know, she, she rakes him over the coals, calls him a predator, um, right. a, a danger to these women, all these things, and then, uh, you know, handed down a six-game, a one-third of a season suspension. And, and you know, the, the you know, it's the I'm not, I don't want to say it's meaningless, but it's the easier to overcome an absence at the beginning of the season than it is at the end. Um, this is uh, not that I'm saying that the team needs to be punished, uh, but uh, it, it it's it's a little ridiculous, and I really I'm struggling to match her sentence with what she said she discovered about him because uh, uh, you know everything up until she delivers. Uh, the sentence or, or the punishment, you know, 
uh, it sounds like she's about to, you know, you know, indefinite suspension, minimum one year type of thing, and then six games. It uh, it doesn't really fit. Yeah, and the the hardest precedent that NFL uh, <laughs> here we go, the 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 precedent the NFL has set with the with suspensions in regards to misconduct. I mean, you can't really like if you put this and like Calvin Ridley side by side. How do you even compare that? How do you compare one guy that's betting on games and a guy who has twenty five sexual assault but um, you know accusations and then goes to court yeah, for all yeah, of them and twenty something uh, so many that I twenty lost count maybe more yeah, right exactly. and and then in the contract they have to put that he's only allowed to get therapy um, massage therapy from Cleveland Brown trainers. So, so you're I saying mean, that you don't trust him. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean so part of the you... punishment is that, you know, we don't trust you. Even, even when you are allowed to play, you're not going to be allowed to, you know, be a, a normal player. Um, it, it, it's pretty bizarre. It, it, yeah, that's putting lightly. And like you said, he got off light. And I wasn't sure how we could respond to this without going into a whole, you know, like, reaction, which we're going to have regardless. But, like, I... I, I Obviously, it's a football podcast. People listen to this for know-how, insight, whatnot. And look, it's, yeah, I mean, this is what it is, you know? Yeah, the, um, I mean, especially, uh, it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, it it fits that we have more time to talk about stuff like this at this point in the year because we don't have, uh, you know, anything more tangible than the Hall of Fame game to really analyze. Um, but, uh, but yeah, th- this, man, uh so it, it, you know, this ruling, her, her, you know, her punishment of six-game suspension, it, it puts a lot of people in a position where they're not really able to, you know, I, I think the NFL and the NFLPA stated uh, publicly that they would accept the ruling, and uh, and there's definitely going to be appeals now. Um, so, you know, whether they get what they want or not it's just not a good look for people that you know were so uh so quick to put faith in this judge to uh to hand down a fair punishment so there is an appeal uh the nfl is seeking an indefinite suspension of at least one year that's what that's what seems reasonable to me i've got to i gotta say i agree with the league on that yeah i mean yes i i uh of course, at least one year would be good. <laughs> at least, right? I mean, multiple years. Well, yeah. I, I, once again, it's up to the arbitrators and people. Like, I, that's what I would want to see. But, um, yeah, that's that's the what's gonna they're gonna move forward with, and that's the right right thing to do. No, I think, um, I think NFL, a year. I think a year. You know, on a, a possible indefinite suspension, a year is enough time to find out if this is gonna be, uh, you know ongoing behavior that he cannot correct uh or you know maybe when he's coming back next year uh he doesn't have to only get massage from cleveland browns trainers like you know is this something that's corrected is it something that's that's you know always going to be a problem right Uh, so one one year could give you the time to decide like okay it's been a year welcome back to the league uh or you know it's been a year and uh, it's just not it. We, we're we're done. You know you're not coming back. Yeah, yeah, and and hopefully a, a large fine that goes to some organization. 
you know, um, some nonprofit, something that benefits something. You get $230 million guaranteed. Oh, yeah. You don't even take a dime from them. It's hard to believe that that's even possible. Um, you know, like you said, it's a tough thing for us to react to. Um, but obviously, we're, we're upset. Um, and hopefully, there'll be some sort of, yeah, there'll be a, uh, yeah, some, somebody will look at this further. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's just, it's wild. Wild range, you're, you know, 2022, and yeah, this is how things are being handled in regards to, you know, assault and and criminal <laughs> proceedings in the league. It's just crazy. It's crazy, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, but that's, that's the way it is. So, um, but we'll keep an eye on this one and um, react moving forward. Um, but yeah, just wanted to get that out there so there is some reaction. It's it's uh, appalling, and um, hopefully the league will get it right. That's all we can do. Uh, it's in their hands, unfortunately, as we've seen in the past. So, um, okay. Well, moving on, we're going to do some quick hitters. I just want to ask you, did you see anything about Baker Mayfield in the Carolina Panthers training camp? Baker Mayfield? In, Baker Mayfield. In the... Carolina Panthers. Yeah. No, I haven't. What, tell me about it. He threw <laughs> two pick sixes in a row. Oh, shit. In <laughs> one practice. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's me. the way pardon they react me. to it. Uh, that's it's fine. That's, that's, uh, that's guttural, if you've ever heard one. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, uh, yeah, not good. Not good. So, just figured, you know, you're a Baker Mayfield apologist to some degree. So am I. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't think it would start this bad. <laughs> so, no, no, I, I, think, I yeah. think he's better than that, but that certainly isn't uh, a good look. And, uh, you know... <laughs> moving on from our previous topic, like, uh, you know, at least he's not a predator. Um, yes. Anyways, yeah, anyways, yeah. stepping away from yeah. that. Um, not, not no, great. It's, it's a really interesting situation that I haven't really been able to keep an eye on lately. The, uh, the quarterback battle in Carolina where you've got uh, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield and some rookie whose name escapes me. But, you know, with the way things are going, even the rookie has a chance to take the starting job, in my opinion, um, especially if someone like Baker Mayfield is throwing back-to-back pick sixes. Um, yeah, it's uh, – I, it, I really – if you ask me right now, I, I don't think I could make a prediction uh, as to who I think is going to be their quarterback come week one. Uh, I don't think it will be the rookie, but that's how desperate things are right there. Uh you know, between Darnold and Mayfield, they're both looking for a chance to uh, turn it around for themselves. Uh, whether or not either one of them does, uh, I don't have. I I want to be optimistic, but it just it's a real tough spot. Uh, you know, a few years ago, I'd have a little more optimism at this opportunity for these guys with the uh, roster, but. I think uh, I think the window is closing in places on that roster right now. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's if you're a, if you're a Panthers fan, it's a real nail biter. Nail biter. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> oh like, like, as in, like, oh, I I know we're about to crash, and I I don't want to watch, but I do want to watch. Uh, <laughs> it's not really a train wreck. It's more like like three toddlers all driving into this, like riding like tricycles all into the same area with training wheels. That's the only thing I picture. <laughs> it's just, it's just three guys are just like kind of stumbling along and it's just going to get ugly. You know, <laughs> like that's the way it is. Um, real quick reaction to study gate from Kyler Murray. 
them adding the study clause into his contract. What did you think of that? What's the study clause? The study clause was, so Kyler Murray got an extension. Um, right. Congratulations, he got paid, right? I don't have it in front of me. I believe it's, what, five years, 240? Something yeah, like that? Yeah, it's something like 45 okay. a year, yeah. Quite a bit of money. Um, 160-bit guaranteed. Uh, I believe we talked about it last last time, but we didn't know about this, this part of the contract where he is, it's mandatory for him to study film. And if he doesn't, there's some clauses contract he could void some of the guaranteed money. Whoa. Yeah, what is what do you think about that? Well, that I mean that's interesting. I want to add the the way I see it is, you know, it, I mean, you want your quarterback to do everything they can to meet their highest potential. Uh and it's not going to be the same thing for every guy, you know. Uh it, it's up to these professionals to find out what works for them. And to really lean into that, um, but like man, uh, putting that in the contract, it, it protects the the uh, Cardinals to a degree. You know, they will get a minimum amount of of film study or else. Uh, but like, is that really how? It just seems like a bad relationship. Like, like you hear about these guys who who do watch so much film. You never hear about them being made to do it. It's it's all on their drive, their need to win, their obsession to be the best that they can be, the best prepared for the next opponent. Um, it, this is this is strange. <laughs> I do want to add they did rip up that part of the clause in the oh, contract, but they did. but okay. it's it's interesting that it got leaked and then it was gone. So I I <laughs> just think it's. Kind of, in, I don't. It's not like self-sabotaging their quarterback or anything. It's just like, uh, well, this one got out. <laughs> we didn't really mean it, folks. Like, but he needs to study. I mean, he's getting paid. He's a NFL quarterback, no, number one overall pick. Why is he not watching film? You know, like, uh, I, I don't even. I, I watched film when I was in high school, and I wasn't getting paid for it. You know, <laughs> like that's just what you had to do as an NFL as a player. And any 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 part of the system, Lee, I guarantee there's flag football players that watch film, you know? Right. That's just part of the job. That's part of the game. So I don't know if he's not, or maybe he wasn't doing it enough, or maybe they suspected he wasn't. Do you ever hear that Jamarcus Russell story? No. They gave him, so they suspected, the Raiders suspected he wasn't watching film, and they gave him a tape with nothing on it. Right, and they're like, "Watch oh, this film. This is like the upcoming game, and then let us know what you watch." That's some sneaky so went, stuff right there. That's... Yeah, and so he didn't watch it, but he pretended he did at the 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 meeting the next day, and he was like, "Yeah, it was like this this route, and like there was like this like defense we were watching." He's like, "Jamarcus, there was nothing on that tape." Oh, <laughs> busted. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. So you wonder if it's one of those type situations where it's just like a guy is so physically talented so confident in his arm, like, I don't need, why would I need to watch film, man? I got it, you know? But I, I don't think it is, but I'm just, you know, I think it's just kind of like a funny story to throw in here this week, you know? Right. So, interesting nonetheless. Interesting nonetheless. We're going to continue our fantasy football series here, folks, and we're doing it kind of special. We're going to look at this ESPN article instead of ranking them one to a million because, you know, that's just not the way to really do this. There's too many players. Realistically, 
Um, to have these rankings already set up for us, it gives us a chance to debate some things that are already kind of on the table that we've been thinking about, but ESPN's big enough where we can use their, their information. So we're going to talk about running backs and wide receivers this week. Trevor, running back sleepers, okay? There's a lot. I'm going to give you the top three, and I want you to react to the three, all right? Uh, one at a time, excuse me. Um, okay, i got to read these for a second. <laughs> Let's take them all in. Uh, we have A.J. Dillon. Number one, he was mentioned the most as, as a sleeper. What do you think about A.J. Dillon, Green Bay Packers? You know, I, I do like him as a sleeper because I don't think people have – I think A.J. Dillon still hasn't reached the point where he's turned enough heads that, that he's valued for – you know, I'm not expecting him to be a top three running back, but I do think he's undervalued in terms of fantasy. Um, this is a team that uh, – it has a pretty balanced attack. I mean, in situations, they're going to lean on Aaron Rodgers, um, but that's also why uh, play action opens up opportunities for solid chunks of yards on uh, on the middle downs with A.J. Dillon. Um, and uh, as far as I can remember, he's a pretty reliable back. I don't think he's plagued with fumbles. Um, I think he stays pretty healthy. I mean, he's... He's certainly uh, in great condition. They call him the quad father, you know. Um, so he's 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 a, a real you know uh, you know he's hard at work in in the in the strength training is what I'm trying to say. So I do like him as a sleeper. Um, I don't think he's going to be a uh, an RB one, but I think he's uh, I think he's got solid RB two potential uh, in a in a league right now that. Uh, that's kind of sleeping on him. I like that one. Yeah, I, yeah, because Aaron Jones, they're going to have to split time. And you think Aaron Jones is going to wind up lining up in the slot because he's just a good, he's just a good receiving back for Aaron Rodgers without all those targets, you know, tar- Devontae Adams. And I do I think, think he's going to be playing. Play I do more think they're going to try role. to, yeah, I do think they're going to try yeah. to get creative with AJ Green. Uh, sorry, um, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, thank you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Jones, <laughs> sorry, staring at the computer he's, talking about somebody else. Um, Aaron Jones, okay. uh, you know, I think I think they are going to try to use him a little more uh, like uh, uh, Dalvin Cook this season um, because I think I think they're a little thin at wide receiver right now. I mean, we'll we'll see which which wide receivers are able to to capitalize on on catching the ball from from Aaron Rodgers. But right now, uh, two headed running attack is going to be important, and I think that AJ Dillon, you know, I, I think you know. I think Jones is going to get plenty of touchdowns, but I think A.J. Dillon is going to get a lot of the goal line looks in this offense. Um, so even if uh, – even you know, I, I think his his rushing yards week to week is going to be solid. If not, you know, it's not going to be a head turner. But I think it's going to be consistent. And here or there, he's also going to pick up a touchdown or two. Uh, you know, I, I think he's just uh, – Kind of a beast down there inside the ten line, ten yard line. So, yeah, yeah, I think, I, yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head. He's going to be a goal line guy for sure this year. And like with Aaron, they they can have both those guys in the field at the same time. Oh, and yeah. that's going to be a big like, okay, who's the ball going to? Is they going to run the ball? Is it going to be RPO? Like, you know, um, Green Bay. I said this the last time, and it's possible I ripped on him <laughs> back in May or April when the draft happened. Actually, it's not possible. It's probably likely that happens. So <laughs> I, I take that back. But I, I think their offense is being severely underrated. We said it last episode. 
<coughs> excuse me, oh, about well, Aaron Rodgers. Our, our last episode, and, somebody had Aaron Rodgers yeah. as a sleeper or a bust. Yeah, and, and both. They yeah. had sleeper and bust. Yeah. And so I, I think it's being underrated in a lot of ways because it's like we have these two really dynamic backs, and um, I there there seems to be something there. It's not just like, oh, he's your fourth or fifth round pick. Like, no, he's the, the quad father. Like, he's got a lot of power. He played really well last year. They actually played well together, Aaron Jones and him. When Aaron Jones got hurt, he stepped in perfect. I think you're going to see some. I think you're going to you're going to see something. I mean, like the offensive line's going to be healthier. With El- Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari, they're going to play a full season, hopefully, knock on wood. Um, so I, I would anticipate on them being better this year on offense. I, I don't I, even without Adams, I think they're still going to be fine. To be honest, no, but we'll uh, see. You know, we'll I, see. Everybody that listens or to our show regularly knows uh, how much I don't love. That's all I'll say. I don't love the Green Bay Packers. Um, but there's a big difference between what I want and what I know. And as a Vikings fan, uh, I know that uh, better or worse, they're going to be good. Um, and they might be better than last year. They might be worse than last year. But they're going to be good. And uh, A.J. Dillon uh, is definitely going to be, uh, a, you know, he's not their feature back. Nobody's arguing that. But uh, the role that he's going to play week in and week out here. Uh, I definitely feel comfortable calling him a sleeper. I think uh, I think you can probably get him fairly late in your draft and uh, and be glad that you did. Another sleeper, uh, Travis Etienne, Etienne Jr. played for uh, Clemson Tigers. Went in the first round last year. Got broke his foot in preseason. Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, right. So that I, I remember that because yeah. there was a lot of uh, you know there there was a lot of optimism having him and Trevor Lawrence uh, get drafted to the same team in the same draft. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, it, it never materialized because he never played. Um, so I, I can see him being a sleeper. Uh, it's harder to predict it at this point um, because it's basically we're, we're about to see his first season in the NFL uh, in his second year. So – you know, it's it's tough to to really have confidence that he's a sleeper. But I do think if he's going to be any good, he is being slept on. Um, anybody that ends up being fantasy relevant in Jacksonville, uh, I I'd probably call a sleeper. Um, yeah. So, so there you have it. Yeah, he's definitely a sleeper if he can stay healthy and uh, help them find some if if. If they find some balance on offense, like I said, you know, I've said this a few times when we're doing these fantasy breakdowns. It's not about whether or not the team wins; it's about you know these individual player metrics. So you know, if if they can even you know start putting together some drives, uh, this guy's going to be a big part of that. Big part of that. So uh, yeah. yeah, he's he's yeah. definitely a sleeper. Uh, you know, if we can guarantee that he he does play this year. I agree with everything. I mean, uh, Eric Carabell said it the best. He's kind of like, could be Alvin Kamara level impact. That, that um, sure and, yeah, would obviously. be welcome in Jacksonville, let me tell you. It'd be great. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Um, and certainly like RB1 upside. So at least in my mind, like he could oh, no, be. No, the, the ups- upside, the upside is huge. Yeah. The, the potential yeah. for him. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we, we really haven't seen him at the NFL level yet. So, uh, you know, if you're, uh, you know, 
I, I think he's a good sleeper, but make sure that you're getting him as a sleeper. Um, yeah. Don't yeah. don't go after him too soon because of what you hear on this podcast because uh, there is bust potential there for any player that we haven't seen play NFL football yet. So um, no yeah, question, the, but yeah, the sky's the limit with the upside. He could be he could be a huge fantasy uh, player on what's still kind of a terrible team. <laughs> right, um, and just to jump ahead, we're going to do three here, but really, there's just a bus couple of us I really want to talk about, but. One being James Conner. Arizona Cardinals scored 15 touchdowns last year, but ran for under 1,000 and had like 3.9 yards to carry. You anything to say about James Conner? Because he's bust, if I've, yeah. <laughs> if well, I've ever so seen one. That's yeah. the thing. Uh, you know, he, yeah. he had a bit of a resurgence last year. Um, people that had him in their depth chart were, were glad at times that uh, you know he could be part of a winning fantasy lineup. But uh, even what he was able to do last year, you know, if you stack if you stack his seasons together, he's still on he's on the backside, and uh, it's sad to see it happen sooner and sooner for for some of these really impressive running backs. But uh, the the door's closing on James Conner being a uh, a fantasy running back. Um, I think he'll get he'll get the ball this year. He might even find the end zone a few times. But there are going to be weeks where he lays an egg for you or next to it. Um, I don't think he's going to – yeah, I think he's a bust. I don't think he's going to be somebody that you have to, you know, have to magically start him on the right week for him to work out for you. You have to get lucky because um, you won't be able to call it based on matchups. Um, it, it's just it, – yeah, there's not going to be enough consistency from James Conner for me to have him on my fantasy lineup. So, Definition of bust. Yeah. My mind. We're bust. <laughs> Definition boomer bust. How about this one? They threw in Javante Williams, which was interesting for for so, uh, Denver. And I, I, I'm not sure if I agree, but I would want to talk about it regardless. No, so. I think this is an interesting one to talk about because uh, anybody that was paying attention last year sees the potential in Javante Williams. Um, the uh, the 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 Broncos themselves are you know one of the most, if not the most, improved team this year. Uh, the expectations are really high in spite of uh, being in a really, really difficult, the most difficult conference uh, uh, division. Um, but the truth is, uh, I I don't know. I, I expect the Broncos to be a very balanced team this year. And I think there are people out there that, that did see what he was doing last year that think, you know, he's going to be even better this year. And, it's it's not so much about uh, how good this guy is. He's good. He's he could be the running back that carries a team with a good defense, but that's not who the Broncos are going to be this year. Okay, they're gonna they're gonna throw a lot of deep balls with Russell Wilson, and they're going to manage Javante Williams. They're in a tough division in a tough conference, and uh, they're going to want to keep him healthy and that's what I mean they re-signed Melvin Gordon and Melvin Gordon you know he's he's got his uh you know critics but uh but the truth is Melvin Gordon is one of the most reliable running backs in the last 10 years um he's he's in a pretty rare group to have I think he's had at least eight rushing touchdowns in the last eight seasons and I think there's only like four or five guys that have ever done that. Um, so 
I, I think Javante Williams is great, and should I mean if you could predict that uh, Melvin Gordon is gonna you know succumb to injury or some kind of I mean I I think he's a great option, but he'd have to be alone in the backfield, not splitting the backfield like I think he will for him to be you know a a, a top eight top ten. Uh, running back week to week. Uh, he's definitely going to have his weeks where he's just like goes off. You know, he, he, he even has three touchdown potential in my opinion, but that's not going to be him every week. I do think he's RB one. Um, but, uh, I think he's on kind of the bottom end of my RB one list. Uh, so if, if people are looking at him as like a potential number one running back, um, I would caution them. I know that the talent and the ability is there. He's going to be on a good team. But I do think it's going to be a balanced team uh, that leans a little towards the the passing attack this year in spite of uh, the uh, Tim Patrick injury. But let's not get off on a tangent. Um, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. If, I think bust might be a little too strong of a word for Javante Williams, but I do think that his uh, his fantasy value is a little inflated right now. It's good analysis from somebody in the in the field in Denver. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I, I'm curious because they didn't list him on here, but I just want to talk about him in general because I think there's a lot of sleeper stuff. Maybe he's not being slept on, maybe somewhere in between, but Brees Hall from the New York Jets, uh, Iowa State running back, selected in the second round, highest running back selected in the draft this year. Um, a lot of intrigue. People are saying he looks really good in camp. Um I, you know, I'd be remiss to say if I had um, an interest in following their camp, the Jets camp, but I don't, and so, um, and so I don't really know exactly what's going going on. But I've seen tape of him in Iowa State. He played in the Big Twelve, um, was really good, uh, kind of a do do it all running back, and runs uh, north to south in a lot of ways, kind of like Javante Williams, maybe a little more shifty. Um, he's ranked twenty fourth, so he's like an RB two or three. On the no, list uh, so, on the PPR, uh, the non PPR rankings for ESPN. So I'm curious. Um, he's kind of sleepy to me. No, sleepy I, Joe. I, I think that that is, uh, I think that's a solid sleeper um, because, you know, if you, if you see this, if you saw this guy in college, you know that, that he's a, a true talent and, and a true athlete. I mean, he, he runs the ball extremely physically. He's, he's quick north and south, he's quick east to west. Um, you get this guy the ball in space, he's going to make people miss. Um, you get him between the tackles, and he's got the sort of, of uh, you know, uh, speed and power that, that's going to let him punch through from time to time and really pick up big yards in the, at that second level. Um, but mostly, you know, he's, he's the exciting new weapon on the Jets. Um, so I think that the volume... And that's such an important thing to, to pay attention to when we're talking fantasy. I think the volume is there. Um, I think he's going to be a big part of the offense, uh, regardless of game flow. You know, if, if the Jets are down, when the Jets are down, they're going to want to slow down their opponent and put something together on offense. That's going to be him. When they're ahead, they're going to want to put it away on their opponent and run down the clock. And that's going to be him. So I like that sleeper a lot. Yeah, I, I'm 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 for it. 
I definitely think he's going to have a better season than 22. I, I mean, you, we see a lot of rookie running backs and receivers come out. I mean, especially last well, year, come and, out and just – And that's what I mean. Yeah, our, our listeners, very you, productive. Don't, you don't have to make him your first running back in the draft. You don't even have to make no. him your second running back in the draft. But no. he's going to be available <laughs> towards the end. And, uh, and, 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 I mean, he could become your RB2, maybe even uh, – you know, I don't think he has quite the upside that Javante Williams does – but uh, or, or uh, you know, uh, uh, what uh, the the guy from uh, Jacksonville, Etienne, um, uh, Etienne, yeah, yeah, Etienne. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have quite that much upside, but it's it's close. <laughs> it's, it's fair. I mean, I, yeah, I just think in that offense, there's going to be a lot of potential for him to get the ball. They have Michael Carter Jr. from uh, North Carolina. I was a big fan of him last year. He did produce quite a bit, but uh, they're going to split carries. But Bruce Hall's he's he's good. He's really he's real. They had a good draft. Um, New York's going to be better this year. Zach Willis will be better, but I'm still skeptical about that whole operation. So we'll kind of play it by ear. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's going 23 or 24 because it's like he's just going to get eaten alive, which is possible. But Mackay Becton's back. They got some other pieces on the offensive line. They plugged in. They're going to be better. They're going to be more competitive. Will they win? Ten games? Probably not, but <laughs> they'll be fun to watch. No question. They're going to be fun to watch. Yeah. I, that's just – I think I think New York, between Zach Wilson, here's another sleeper, Elijah Moore uh, for receivers. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be fun to watch offensively. I don't think they're going to stop too many people defensively, though. So uh, wouldn't, wouldn't bet on that one. But speaking of receivers, real quick, we only got about 10 or 15 minutes, so – uh, let's go sleepers. Chris Olave, New Orleans Saints. Uh, First-round pick. New Orleans Saints moved up for from 16 to 11 to get him. Uh, he's looked really good in camp. I've seen videos of him just running routes. And um, a lot of these stop-and-goes like Antonio Brown would run. Really good feet. Really, really good feet. Um, a guy you could probably get later in probably, what, like 7th, 8th round receiver? Right, right. Um, I think he's going to be good, man. No, that I, New Orleans I, Saints offense? I think uh, so. so really – it comes down to what you just mentioned. It's the New Orleans Saints, and uh, we've seen uh, these last, you know, this last half decade or so, just how creative and effective their creativity can be on offense. Because um, you know, I, and, and that's the thing. I think a lot of people are going to sleep on this uh, Chris Olav, uh, in spite of how you know, and, and nobody's denying uh, his potential or his talent. It's more about. Uh, you know, the Saints not having much identity at the moment. And, uh, you know, who's who's quarterback there right now? I'm, I can't think of it. Jameis Winston. <laughs> James, so there we go. All right. Uh, and, you know, Jameis Winston has a ton of potential. And, you know, the, uh, the wide receivers don't lose fantasy points for interceptions. Um, but, uh, and, and that's, you know, that's how you got to think about these fantasy guys. Um, with Jameis Winston, Chris Olav can definitely, you know, I, I think almost easily uh, achieve wide receiver two status regardless of, of the outcome of the game uh, because he's going to be a real weapon. Uh, he's going to be somebody, I think, who's going to get plenty of yak, um, which, you know, is, is really helpful when you're, when you're down. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a great sleeper. Here's another sleepy, sleepy guy. Um, so Chris Olave, 47th out of 50 receivers ranked. Um, I am looking for, I just had him, I'm sorry. I'm going to try to hit this quick. Brandon Ayuk, San Francisco 49ers, wide receiver, 42nd ranked. 
Brandon Ayuk. Ooh, yeah, so Devo I, Samuel signed a big contract. It's no surprise he's back, but I, I think Ayuk has like big, actually a lot of potential. He's gotten better every year. He's forty second ranked. No, I, so. I I completely agree. I think he's he's got he's one of those players that even though you don't see it, you know, every other time he touches the ball, he's always got huge play potential. Um, he's he's really physical. Um, the the one thing is just going to be what kind of uh, what kind of offense are we going to see from San Francisco this year? We know uh, that uh, that their coach loves to run the ball. Um, gosh, can't I'm blanking on so many names tonight. Um, their coach? Yeah, their coach. Ron Rivera? Is he still the coach there? I thought we were talking about the 49ers. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle I was looking Shanahan. at Logan Thomas. So, yeah, I was just looking. Yeah, Kyle, sorry. Kyle Shanahan yeah. loves to run the ball uh, all game long. Um, but uh, but still, these uh, I think these are the two wide receivers uh, on, uh, on their roster that are going to be fantasy relevant. And uh, Brandon Ayuk is definitely the less popular of the two. Uh, and a lot of times you see that in these fantasy drafts where people really are looking for the number one receiver on their team. Um, but there's not enough of those to go around. And I think Brandon Ayuk is, uh, I don't think he's going to be all that far behind in production, uh, to, uh, uh, the guy that just got the contract. So Debo, Debo, Debo. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Two butts, real quick, two butts. Um, let's see, Jalen Waddle, Miami Dolphins slot receiver, taken in the first round last year, had 100 catches. And Mike Williams, Los Angeles Chargers. What do you think about those two? I think they're big boomer bust potential. Mostly about Mike Williams, because I think he's like all, all, he's not yak, he's all like just home run hitting. Like that's what he is in that offense. And right. so very the, dependent on touchdowns and like yards, with so not a lot of receptions. Mike Williams... I'll call him a tiny bust because um, I think the the potential for him to be he's going to be fantasy relevant. Uh, calling him a bust just because I don't think he's going to be, you know, I, I think a lot of people would put him in their top eight, and I don't see him making the top eight at the end of the season. Right. Um, I, I think uh, I think you're, I think we're going to see a, a no. I, I mean, think I think uh, the AFC West is going to be even better than it was last year. But I think all these teams that got better, they're also getting more balanced. Um, I don't think you're going to have huge standouts on, I mean, with, with no more Tyreek Hill. Um, I mean, you're, 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 I mean, the only real standout that I could guarantee at this point would probably be, uh, oh, man, uh, the guy from Green Bay, dang it. Um, Watkins, Christian Watkins. No, no, no. The guy who plays for uh, the Raiders, Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams yeah. is your only. Definitely draft him in the first round if he's available. Wide receiver in that conference, um, even in spite of having a lot of really good wide receivers. Um, so if you're thinking Mike Williams is is a lock, I would caution you to try and catch him with a later draft pick. Um, because, no pun intended. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, good one. Um, but uh, no, Mike Mike Williams, I do think his draft value is a little uh, inflated right now. Okay, here's another sleepy guy real quick. He only got a couple more minutes. Darnell Mooney, 
Uh, 81 catches, 1,055 yards, four touchdowns last year. That was with Justin Fields and like Mike Glennon and all these other crappy quarterbacks in Chicago. I assume, maybe I'm thinking this wrong, but that Chicago will be better, or at least Justin Fields will be better. I don't know. Maybe that's just wishful thinking. I love Darnell Mooney. I had him on my fantasy team. He was awesome when I needed him for like a flex. He's probably like a 23, 24 wide receiver, so I'm not sure where that would land him. Probably in like a sixth or seventh round, probably range, maybe a little later than that. Um, I think he's, I think he's got really good value. I mean, he did that on that team, so you know he's gonna produce if he gets the ball in his hands. So, right, right. no, I like, I like Darnell Mooney. He's definitely one of those players uh, that we haven't seen. Met. He's kind of, uh, he, I mean. The person we've already talked about that he kind of reminds me of in his potential and what people think of him is A.J. Dillon. Um, now, it's yeah. very different because A.J. Dillon's on a, you know, per, you know a back-to-back uh, MVP-led offense, and, uh, and, and uh, Darnell is playing for the Bears. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I, I, I completely agree that uh, he's, got, he's got lots of ability and talent and uh, and he, he seems to be able to stay healthy, um, which is really important at this position. Um, so if the Bears get better, he's going to get better, and uh, you know, he'll be a big part of them getting better. So I like that as a sleeper. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, he, I think yeah. he's got he, he's the kind of guy that you know you might not even need to draft him. You could maybe change your mind after the fact, and I think he's still going to be there at the end of a lot of people's drafts. And you can just say, you know what, I'm going to grab this guy. I'm going to roll the dice yep. on this guy uh, because he's going to be there. One more sleepy guy, uh, Miles Sanders, Philadelphia Eagles. I think that he's starting running back in Philadelphia, right. and he's so, ranked 27th, which is very bizarre. No, I mean, considering I, they're a run-heavy offense. I'm not sure how he's ranked 27th, but that seems pretty sleepy. So uh, this this is the one that uh, you know it, it, you know if if everybody agrees with those rankings, he's absolutely being slept on. Um, I, I honestly would be surprised um, if he doesn't go you know in the top you know at least in the top 12, 13 running backs in your draft. Uh, at least that's that's where I put him. He's He's borderline top ten in terms of his potential for fantasy points. Um, so yeah, if if he's still around when you're looking for your number two running back, snatch him up um, because he's he's dangerous in so many uh, different. You know they they use him so many different ways and it works. You know it's not like why do they keep trying to run screens to this guy? He never gets anywhere. No, they they use him in a screen. They use him in the passing game. They use him between the tackles, and they just – he doesn't cough up the ball. He moves it down the field. It's that simple. Um, and, and he is, at this point – I don't even think he was at the beginning of last year, but at this point he is their clear number one back. Um, so I, I like him a lot. And, yeah, putting him in the 20s, that's definitely sleeping on him. Um, last quick tidbit. I just want to let you know, do you remember, do you remember Kyle Sloter by chance? Kyle Sloter. Kyle Sloter, man, the name. Yes, yeah. If you recall, in 2017 or 2016, he was on like the Bron- the Broncos practice squad, and you like tore it up in preseason. Okay, <laughs> yes. He's he's playing tonight for Jacksonville. He's from oh, North, Northern Colorado University. So, well, just thought I'd good, let you know that. Good for um, him. It's always good when these guys get to be on the field in any capacity. You know, these we <laughs> we can talk a little 
callously, especially when it comes to fantasy football. But these these people are human beings with feelings, and they feel they <laughs> they feel they should be on the yeah. field. So good for him getting out there on the field tonight. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for him. Right, he's getting a paycheck. You know, still getting paychecks. So even the dishwasher gets a paycheck. So, well, anyway, we're, uh, we'll be back next week, folks, to talk more fantasy football. And we'll be airing, uh, recording while we're going through the first week of preseason. So, well, sort of, yes, it is first week, technically. Um, so, uh, catch you up on some games we're listening to. We're talking more about fantasy football, some draft tips, everything else. I'm sure more crap will come out about a variety of things we'll have to talk about, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Um, News-wise. It feels, feels yeah. like the uh, off-the-field drama is ramping up at the moment, but hopefully that, just... hopefully that means it has time to wrap up before week one. Well, knock on wood, because yeah. it didn't last year. So, it did not. Uh, but, but we'll see what happens. We'll pray just to the football gods. Um, at Football in General Podcast on Instagram, I'm at Bobby Law on Instagram. He's at Trap Geo Dude on Instagram. We're here every Thursday. Uh, we drop it Thursday nights. So f- smash that like button. Give us a uh, review, a subscribe. It's only in your best interest because there's 50 plus episodes. You can go all the way back to irrelevant topics and times we were really angsty and we didn't have good editing. And you can come fl- all, flash all the way forward when things are a lot better, but still not great. So it's really it's really up to you how you want to listen to it. But um, nonetheless, we're just happy to be here and keep talking football. It's time. It's football time. I wish I could play. You ever listen? You ever you know Vader? Remember Vader from WWF? Yes. In the late nineties. You know he had like a theme that was like it's time. It's Vader time. I wish I could hit that, but that's a copyright issue, and uh, oh, you know. Yeah. It is, it is what it is. So Yeah, well, um, their but, time, it's our time. Down our here, time. Rob. Down here, it's our time. That's correct. That's yes, another copyright is, issue. <laughs> I see. Well, we'll get. We'll hopefully get some good lawyers, uh, but nobody like uh, Don Yee, hopefully. So, and uh, <laughs> we'll see you <ya, laughs> next week and talk about more football in general. Until then, we're out.